practical part of the uh, halachas of davening. We're learning this week in the Shabura, but it's uh, a day to talk about because there are a number of points which the Shabura doesn't discuss, but the other points can do, and uh, some of it's very practical. And that is the dinner of how a person has to dress for davening. How a person has to dress for davening. Now, there's two parts to that are. There's one part which relates to how a person has to dress to say a bracha, or to say shema. A person wakes up and his name is Van Kirishma. How dressed does he have to be? What's he allowed to wear in order to say shema, or to say hamapil, or to say shayatsa, or any other bracha? Maybe he's thirsty, he wants to say shayakol. That's one din. And there's a second din how a person has to dress for shmanesra. And what's the difference between the two? Because when it comes to brachas, so then there's a halacha, a Torah requirement uh, that a person can't be in a, in a situation where he's undressed in saying a brachas, in saying Hashem's name. It applies to brachas, it applies to uh, any kind of tefillah or shema or anything. And uh, what, that's, uh, like I said, a Torah requirement. Uh, a person, how, how much a person has to wear in order to say a bracha. And then the halacha is, there's three... There's three steps to the halacha. Midaraisa, it means that a person can't be undressed. The person is not allowed to make a bracha when he's not wearing anything. And similarly, midaraisa, a person is not allowed to make a bracha if he's, uh, if well, he can see um, somebody else is completely undressed. Both of those circumstances, then, is considered erva that a person, uh, and then the third is totally on what a person can see. But they arrive at and therefore, in both of those cases, a person is not allowed to make. A bracha midaraisa. Now, if it's talking about seeing uh, another man, so then it would be dafka like in the mikvah or another case where persons, where the other man is completely undressed. When it comes to a lady, so it's considered erfus tava by a lady, it makes a difference whether it's uh, a man for, or for a lady. In other words, for a lady herself, as long as she is not completely undressed, so then it's not considered uh, a gili erva. Therefore, she's allowed to make a bracha herself even if she's uh, not fully covered. And same thing for another lady who would be, white, who would, would be, who would be with her, would also be able to make a bracha, if, even if she's not fully dressed. Whereas for a man, it's also else the dinner of the Yerav and therefore he can't make a bracha uh, if in front of him, or in his eyesight, there's a, a lady who's not properly dressed. And what properly dressed means for a lady is that all the dinner of the whoever she's not meant to cover. And therefore, if it means covering her arms, her legs, shrine of a low neckline, or anything else, is all in the category of what she has to cover. And without that, it would be also for a man to make a bracha um, in such a, as the dinner of Erebus If the woman's, if the wife's hair, uh, the fact that her hair is uncovered, so Mishabura Paskins, he's not to make a bracha. Um, so, yeah. Even if it's a, uh, that might not be sent right to that when he brings us into the it's uh, a lady's hair who's married, then it's considered something she has to cover, it's also to say shema, uh, facing her, even his own wife. In other words, once it's considered something which is normal to cover, so then, uh, then, then that's something which is also uh, for a person to look at uh, when he's saying shema, or, or that, that would be the situation the person's in, it would be also for him to say shema or any other bracha. Uh, it's interesting. That's the category of the raisa. With the raisa, either if a person is, is completely uncovered for a man or a lady, or a person is in view of somebody 
if it's completely uncovered by a man or a lady for a lady, or if, even if she's not properly dressed, you're talking about a lady, if, if it's in the eyes of a man, then it's also with the rice to make a bracha. Question? Yeah. But the same this, this, is, this is a problem for any bracha, which is well known. The rabbis have to be Masada in a case where the couple isn't completely from and therefore the bride's wearing dress isn't, uh, doesn't conform to the standards of Tzniyas. So then it's the that instead of facing them, the rabbi holds the curtain from the sideways and makes the bracha not facing them because he's not looking at her when he's making the bracha. Uh, the excuse is that where the cameraman gets a better angle of all three of them, but it's a, you can't face someone who's not properly dressed making the bracha. Then which is the rabbi, and that's because the Pasuk says about one's heart, it says the Pasuk, which literally means my heart can see. It really means in the context of the Pasuk, my heart can understand. But it uses the word Raya. And because that Chazal said that if a person doesn't have a separation between his heart and his and erva, then that's also considered something which is, so to speak, his figures of his heart can see. And therefore, to make a bracha, a person has to have a separation to the upper part and the upper part of his body. Now, that separation could be anything. Which means if a person's wearing clothing, two separate items of clothing, so then that's a separation. If a person's wearing a belt, it's a separate item of clothing. Uh, the halacha, even if a person will hold his arms around his waist, like it's also called a separation. So the only issue of making a bracha without a separation, when erva, between the upper part and the part of his body, would be if he's wearing it like a flowing robe or something like that, nothing else, so, or, uh, or uh, uh, anything similar to that, so it would be in the case of the Gemara. Was he, was he was in bed under his blanket, but he wasn't wearing anything. In a case like that, it has to be asked to make a bracha or to say shema because there's no separation between his liba and erva. So you're wearing underclothing? Underclothing is good enough. It's really a separate item of clothing that makes a separation. So, therefore, technically, to say a bracha, if a person was wearing his swimming clothes, that would be enough to say a bracha. But technically, because the mesa is covered, at least uh, in the case where it's not a delivery erva. And that the clothing itself, the, the, the waistband, is a separation with the Ebola Erva. So technically, a person could say bracha like that, with one more condition, and that is his head is covered as well. In order to say a bracha, a person has to cover his head. And, uh, you know, yamaka works. We know that any other covering works as well, even if it's not meant necessarily to be a headgear. And therefore, the Bach says if a person wakes up at night, and he wants to drink, he's thirsty, or wants to wash his dime, and he can't, for whatever reason, he's, he can't find uh, his head covering, his yamuk, whatever it might be. So a person can use his sleeve, hold his sleeve over his head, and that's considered covering his head too. It doesn't have to be a sleeve. If a person finds anything else as, as, as a cover on his head, it's good enough as well. So a person puts the pillow on top of his head, that would be a head covering. Or anything else, that would, the only thing a person can't use is his own hands. Because the halakha is that the body doesn't cover itself, he's all one person, that's not called a cover. And therefore, it doesn't help to put your hand on your head. That's not called a covering. I asked the, the Mishabura says, however, that somebody else's hand, that would be a good covering because that's not part of you. Okay, so therefore, the dinner of a person to cover their head uh, with, 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 with whatever he wants to cover it uh, works. And that's uh, that, that way a person technically can make a bracha. It is brought... Making a bracha with an uncovered head is a lesser affair, let's say, than to make eating without a bracha, right? The person is going to eat. It's better that you should make a bracha with an uncovered head than you shouldn't make a bracha at all. Pashtas. It's one as a. Yeah, it's, it's, one as a. Yeah, it seems like that, yes. It's better. I mean, to make a. Again, it's not like a trailer, but it's better not to eat without a
Um, okay, so that's the din of, even though the mice, I'm telling you, you know, most person commits Israel hold, so we dash from Shlomo Zaman, but Israel Moshe finds in the Pasadena Gris Moshe, that if a person made a brach with his head uncovered, he said the brach again. You should say it again? He said the brach again, and Moshe fasts like that. It's Mashmi, he holds his not yet like that. But he has a very unusual swara. He says that since the Christians, in, they uncover their heads to say a bracha, wow. so then if a person says a bracha, he's head uncovered, it's, it's considered like, you know, a way of serving some other religion. Why is that possible? Yeah, that's what Moshe holds. But it's a chiddish. Rav Shamazam Rav and Vinyashiv both held that. It's a din in bracha, so it's covered to Hashem, that you have to cover your head. But uh, if a person made a bracha, for whatever reason, with his head uncovered, then for sure he doesn't have to repeat the bracha, especially, especially if a person did it by mistake. If a person was dying, he didn't realize his palace had fallen off, or didn't realize his yamuk had fallen off, then for sure he doesn't have to repeat the brachas. Because that's a din for every bracha, even though having said that, of course for any bracha it's more appropriate than a person's properly dressed, but to, to make a bracha in such a situation is mutter. That's as far as brachas go. That's all as far as brachas go. When it comes to tefillah, so then there's an, which means Shemona Esra, there's a different requirement. It's not just that technically a person is allowed to say Hashem's name or allowed to make a bracha. Tefillah, as you know, is a person is only with Neamelech. It's like standing in front of Hashem, standing in front of a king. And if that's the case, it's disrespectful to stand in front of a king without the way, without being dressed the way a person would stand in front of a king. And therefore, the halach of Tefillah is that a person is not allowed to daven if they're not properly dressed. It's, it's an insult to Hashem. And just like if you had to meet somebody of importance, you wouldn't come dressed inappropriately. Uh, so that's the case. To stand in front of a shemakat is also inappropriate. And therefore it's important. The question number one is that uh, clothing which, which don't cover a person's body properly, a person shouldn't damage mess like that. So even though, if, if let's say, it's for a man or for a boy to wear short sleeves or to wear short, uh, short trousers isn't necessarily a sneeze problem, he's allowed to dress like that, but you can't damage mess like that. Similarly, if a person goes to the beach and they want to dive in Mincha, you can't dive in in swimming clothes. It wants to change and wear proper clothing um, in, in order to dive in. Shlomo Zalman Paskin that even for sure a person shouldn't dive in Shemesh in a t-shirt. That's not the way a person would act in, respectable, in, in front of a respectable company. And because of that, even Paskin, that if it's Sibur, if, it, if you have a Sibur, and a person wants to lead the davening because he has a yard site or he's an oval, whatever the case is, but he's not properly dressed, it's a right to say, we don't want you to daven. If there's, a, if there's a way to dress in order to daven, so then that, that's not the right way to daven. That, okay, so that, that's the first thing. And that is that, so it's brought narach, is that a person has to be dressed, fully dressed, just like a person would be dressed if you'd had to meet someone in Now, what's considered the way a person would dress to meet somebody khashem. So, in other words, the, if a person that's wearing a button-down shirt and a smart pair of trousers, whatever the case is, is that good enough? Or does he have to wear a jacket? Does he have to wear a tie? Does he have to wear a hat? Well, what's the requirements beyond being fully dressed that a person needs for davening? And the answer to that is, whatever that, the way, and this is brought in the halacha, the way that a person would dress if he was going to meet a gadol. A gadol, someone khashif, one of the gadol ladder. If there's an opportunity to meet a gadol, how would you dress to meet the gadol? So that's obviously what that person considers khashif. And if that's the case, so that's how you dress as a sign of khashivas, so as a sign of importance, if you, you have to show yourself in a respectable way, then that's the way to dress if you're going to talk to Hashem. 
and therefore, what uh, if that's a society where what's expected, if you meet someone of importance, the person wears a jacket, so and uh, then that's the case. Uh, then if you're going to die, you should wear a jacket. And this is actually an interesting one. But if actually if that's the case, then it will come out that if it's a society when if you want to meet somebody important, one wears a tie, then if it's fair, one should wear a tie too. Whatever, whatever was considered the way that a person would dress in front of an important person that he has to respect, he has to show chashivas for, that's why he has to dress in tefillah also. One would wear a suit to meet someone important, or a jacket, I'm wearing a jacket. Now, what about a tie? That's like a question. Why, why, why isn't it the minag to wear a tie for that? <coughs> There were places that they were marked. Uh, from someone who was in uh, years ago, not in Washington Heights. But he's marked. So Davin, you have to put on a tie. They had a tie at the beam. Right. And you couldn't get an idea with that. Yeah. Right. You couldn't get an idea with that tie. Or go up to the arm without a tie. That's the Hashem was had to do. I was at a show once, a Swarty show. They had sleeves at the beam. Whoever went up could put on the sleeves if they had short sleeves. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a different requirement the way we hold it. But, uh, yeah, the custom is people weekdays don't wear ties. Right. So obviously here in Israel it's considered that uh, what's considered the way to dress is uh, when you as chashivas is the hat and the jacket. And that brings us other thing. The Mishnah already brings that uh, therefore the reason to wear a hat during davening is because that's the way a person would dress in front of somebody chashiv. Mm-hmm. Now the, they always ask the question that maybe a hundred years ago or more when the Mishnah wrote that. It was the style in the world that everybody used to wear, and, and, that, and today, uh, maybe except for the uh, the, the item of B'nai Torah, the, the outside world they don't wear hats. Uh, so, okay, so if that's the case. <laughs> why would that be a requirement in Torah? But the answer is the question is a mistake, because we're not asking, we're not looking at how the outside world dresses. We're looking at how you would dress if you were meet somebody chashim. And therefore, what the answer does is really irrelevant. If you were going to meet a Chaim Kanievsky, how would you wear? How would you dress? So if you put on a hat, because that's the way that in from society you would dress, mm-hmm. then if that's okay, so you put on a hat, it's better too. What about the tie? So I'm saying the same thing. If you're from society, it's not considered the done thing to wear a tie. If you're going to talk to Rosh Hashanah, it's pretty happy to jacket. Okay, so then that's not, that's maybe for Shabbos, or something else, for Shabbos class. But if it's not considered the Hashivas of what a person always does when they're going to meet somebody Hashiv, so that's the case, you don't have to fit in so either. That becomes the model of what a person tries to do. And if that's the case, so then there will be a difference. Because there's somebody in the Mizrahi world where they never wear a hat. They would meet their, their body without a hat too. Mm-hmm. So then it could be for them, there's no requirement of wearing a hat for Twitter. For them, that's not Hashiva. So they don't have it, they don't wear it, they never do. So that's not considered what's considered Hashiv. Whereas in our world, when a person does wear a hat as a sign of Hashiva, then you can't have it without it. So much so. That uh, it's even brought down that if, uh, from Zalman and Chaim Vyevsky, they're both Paskin, that if a person is in Shul and he doesn't have his hat, or he doesn't have his jacket, whatever he would normally wear for Tfilah, and there's a question of going home to go find a, a hat and a jacket and missing the minion, having to dive by himself, or dive with the minion without a hat and jacket, they're both Paskin. It's more important to dress properly for David. And even if it means a person is going to miss the minion, it's too bad. But you can't you can't dive if you're not properly dressed. So that's the first that's a, that the first concept of how to dress for Twitter is the way a person would dress in front of somebody chasha. And that's why it's also brought down that a person can't uh, dive in barefoot, and a person can't dive in without in their socks without shoes because 
that's not the way that you would dress if you were meeting somebody chashem. Which means even though socks, a person's body is covered, but you uh, can't see his feet. But Lemay said that's not the way you would dress in front of Hashivas, so you can't dive in Shmonashay like that either. Now, that's uh, what's brought in the Shachonarach, the Mishnah as well, explains it more. There's another two dinim which he brings, and this people don't do so much today. The one he talks about the idea of wearing a second Chagur, a second belt for davening, what uh, the Hasim call a Gaitel, like a second belt just for davening. Um, and he, he, he brings that as, as a, a requirement for Tvila. The Maiser, even though something that the Hasidish will talk about much more, there were Gedolim in the Litvish world, like the Hasidish, who did used to wear a second, a guard or whatever it's happening. But the Maiser is not something most, that most people do in the non Hasidic world. Why not? So, Shom Zalarach explained, because the point of what we wear in, in, in davening is what's called Chashiv. If you're going to go visit the Godel, we don't put in a Godel for that. And if that's the case, it's not a sign of Hashivas. In other words, we've already fulfilled the requirements of the separation between the upper and lower parts of the body because the person is wearing trousers, the person has a regular belt, whatever the case is. And therefore, the second, or the second belt is only a enough of how a person will prepare for And if that's the case, it's a question of how would a person stand in front of somebody Hashiv. And since today, no one necessarily puts in a Godel when he's going to visit the God or somebody Hashiv, Samimela, uh, it doesn't become a Chiyah for us in Tefillin either. Okay, so that's as far as, that's as, far as uh, the requirements of does the person have to wear a guard or not? And like we said, that the, at least the, the, the non-Hasidic voice can hold that today there isn't a Chiyah because the man said that's not the way that we would dress in front of Adam Hashiv. Now that's one thing. There's another thing here as well. And that is, what about does, uh, where, uh, uh, davening with a same shirt. The person just ate lunch and he has telltale signs on his shirt. Can you have a mincha like that? And uh, here also, it would be the same thing. It's not, it's not the way that a person would go to an important meeting. He would change his shirt first, and the person should change his shirt for davening. You can't stand in front of Hashem in a way which is less, shows less importance or less hashivas than a person would go and meet other people. What's the name of a who's wearing work clothing, or a painter, for example, whose uh, clothes are all stained with paint? So, Rabbi Yashif asked that if he's not embarrassed to walk around the streets like that, you get those painters who will come to your house in normal clothes and then change, and uh, do their job, and before they go outside again, they'll change back again, because they don't walk around the streets like in, in paint street clothing. So for somebody like that, then for sure he has to change to that because he's embarrassed to be to be seen in his work clothes, and if that's the case, and then they would apply to Twitter. But, says Rabbi Yashif, for a person who's not embarrassed to be walk the streets in his painting clothes, or whatever other day, if he's a gardener, in clothes full of mud, or whatever the case might be, so he says, for sure, it's better for that person to change as well. Because, again, that's not considered chashim. Even the painter, or the gardener, or the laborer, whatever it's going to be, if you had to meet somebody important, he would change. Yeah. And so, Hashem shouldn't be worse than that. They said, but if a person is not embarrassed to walk around in public like that, so then but he ever can dive like that. If he doesn't have time or whatever the case may be, but he ever can dive like that, that we find it in the, in the Gemara. Kaelim used to dive we saw on the building site. So that whatever they on top of the trees, so whatever they were wearing, they would wear. So but he ever the person is allowed to dive in their work clothes, as long as they're not embarrassed of them. But if a person, and that's only but he ever, the person should always change. 
and if a person is embarrassed to walk around in the clothing that he's wearing, then for sure he has to change. It's negated out of other cases as well. What about a doctor? A doctor's in the, in the, on the ward, he has his whatever the clothing doctors wear. So can you dive like that or not? It's the same thing. In other words, if it's a, if, for sure it's better to change, but if for whatever reason he can't, and he's only embarrassed to walk around in his doctor's outfit, okay, so then he's allowed to, he's allowed to dive like that. And if you want one very interesting application of something similar, even though it's not as common, but that is on Purim, is a person allowed to dive in a fancy dress? In a fancy dress, he dressed up for Purim. So, in his costume. Can you dive in like that or not? It's mincha. So does he have to change into his normal clothing to daven, or can he daven in whatever he's wearing? Now, we have to differentiate, because number one, it, it depends really what he dressed up as. Now, if he's dressed up as something which is, is considered regular clothing, so, uh, he's dressed up as a, one of the royal guards in England, with like a beaver cap and a scarlet sort of tunic. So something like that, for sure he can daven, that's a, that's a cost of clothing. In other words, it might be the big what he wears on a daily basis, but it's a, a respectable outfit, let's say. The king of Persia. Whatever it's going to be. Yeah. But uh, now, but if a person's dressed up in something which, which firstly, doesn't cover his body properly, he dressed up as a red Indian, or he dressed up as a Roman who's wearing uh, one of those, you know, those just those, those uh, robes which doesn't cover their arms or half their, half their body, then a person anyway can't have like that. He's not properly dressed. But assuming a person's properly dressed, he dressed up as a monkey. So he's wearing a monkey suit with a tail and ears and whatever it is, so it's covering his whole body. Can a person dab in Shemir Shalak Vedra or not? But he's not embarrassed on, on part of the oh, ground. Like so exactly. So if he doesn't have the Sephara, then on Purim he's not embarrassed to walk around like that. So that's the case. He would go to somebody Choshev to bring Shalak Manas in his monkey suit, then he can dab in like that too. That's Purim today. But uh, even then, uh, he's, there is such a hat, but the others argue. They say it's for sure better to, to dress properly for. for for, for davening, what is brought there in the halach, which the already brings, and that is when we look at for the night, the marriage for shachris, a person should dress in Shabbos clothes. That's all. And the only question is after, during the course of the day, so then what's going to do about mincha? Okay, so then if, he, if it's in a situation where he, he's hoping to change back, and, he's, and then there is what we matter to wear the Purim costume he's wearing, again, as long as it's not revealing too much of his body, because then he, there would be another reason not to dab. Because that's as far as people going who wearing other clothing, and that's the way they dress. They that can they daven like that as well. But when it comes to a person who's davening at home for whatever reason, so can he daven in a bathrobe or daven in pajamas? The answer is no. The answer is no. That's not the way a person would dress in the street. That's not the way a person would would be seen publicly. So you can't say like in Shmuel either. Obviously, I'm not talking about a person who's sick. The person's a chayla, so then it's a different story. It's an oynes. If that's the case, he can't, he, he's not well enough to change. He has to, you can't dive in, uh, you can't get dressed to dive in. Just like we said, a chayla can dive in sitting down, or even lying down if you can't get up. So similarly, if he's in his hospital or he's in pajamas and he can't get out of it, okay, so then but he ever is that dive in like that too. But if a person who, he's not, he's not, he's not sick, just, uh, he's, anyway, he's diving at home for whatever reason, so does he have to get dressed to dive in? The answer is yes. Put on a jacket, the whole shmeen. Everything. He's down in front of Hashem. Like slippers. Sadly, my slippers. Right, you should wear the way he would dress in front of somebody Chasha. And that means putting on socks and shoes, the person is putting on socks and shoes too. Again, it's a daft within Shmon Esri. When it comes to Shema, so a person can say Shema uh, as long as he's covered. So he can say Shema in his robe and his slippers, whatever the case might be. Okay, that's a, that's a den of, that's a den of 
a person has to dress. Now, uh, two more halachas to talk about. The first one is, this is very practical, and that is, uh, the halachas we've just spoken about now, uh, even though we've been talking about a man, the man says, Sam, halachas will apply to a lady too. If she's done it, she's standing in front of Hashem. And if that's the case, this is much more shriach, that a lady just puts on a, like a, ro- a ho- robe and slippers to daven. If she wouldn't be seen in public like that, she can't daven like that. And that's the case by the lady also. She has to wear something which she wouldn't be embarrassed to be seen in public. So she also has to dress in a way where she, which is considered something respectable in front of Hashem. Now the other is to have uh, fancy robes or house coats, whatever it would be, and wouldn't mind walking around outside like that. Okay, okay that's the case. Then it's not in, she can dive like that too. But if a person would be way too embarrassed to walk around outside like that, so then that's the case. But for this, she should dress properly as well. Someone asked me, if that's the case, does a lady have to put on the shaitl to dive? If, if in the house she would wear something else over her head, outside, she would never go outside without a shaitl, no? Maybe, maybe taka. Maybe it's no different to our hat. If that's why you, you, you dress when you're trying to look important in front of perspective, so maybe that's what you have to do for davening too. Now, once again, I'm not talking about the onus. The onus case of the lady has little kids and she's managed to find three minutes to daven, she's not going to have a chance to daven without that. It's like the work that he's going to miss mincha if he has to look to change his clothes. Okay, that might be a different situation. That's a situation of onus. But in the case where the chadchila, the lady wants to daven, and the chadchila, the same thing applies. And it's a much more shriach because ladies don't often go to shul. So they davening at home. So they give her a damn davening. I can just wear my pajamas or whatever clothing I was wearing before. And then have to put on shoes and socks. Now, whatever's going to be dressed properly for tefillah, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. And the halakha is, if a person's only with Hashem, you have to dress respectively. And if that's the lady also, she also has to dress in a way which is respectful in front of Hashem. Um, okay, so that's, uh, that's the, the denim of tefillah. The last one to talk about is the person allowed to daven wearing a coat, wearing gloves, wearing boots, wearing things like that. Now, there's winter clothing too, which keep a person warm. So can a person dive like that, or do they have to take off all those extra layers of clothing and just dive wearing what they would normally wear? So it's interesting, because here there's a machlekes in the poiskin, but really I don't think it's a machlekes, I think it depends on the circumstances. In other words, if a person is uh, comes into shul with his coat and his boots and his scarf on, and that's he's coming to dive, and then it's like he's trying to show clearly, clearly, I'm in a big rush to get out again. And therefore I'm, I'm, I'm already fully attired, I'm just waiting to go. So, like we saw in other halachas, a person isn't come, meant to come to Daven like, to show that this is a burden on me, I'm just desperate to get out. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, he should take off the coats and the boots and everything else and uh, stand as if he would in his normal clothing. But if a person's in a situation where he's cold, and the, the shore isn't heated or they're davening in a place mm-hmm. which is cold, and therefore he's keeping his warm clothing on to keep warm, mm-hmm. then for sure it's mutter. Then it's not a sign of uh, impatience with davening. Then it's a sign in. The nicer person would be cold. And the same thing, if you had to greet somebody outside in the winter, it wouldn't be an embarrassment to wear your coat. That's the way people dress when it's cold. And therefore, if a person's cold and he's wearing gloves, scarf, coat, whatever it's going to be, to keep warm, there's no problem diving like that either. The problem with diving is only as a sign of a lack of respect for the importance of Twitter. But if the nicer person's doing it because he's cold without it, then the khari is allowed to dive with it as well. What is brought, and that's what's brought in the Mishaburi here, and that is that the Rebbe were held that if a person has boots on which are muddy, he has to take them off. Boots that are muddy. And he used to walk outside in the, in the, in the mud, and now the boots, his boots are muddy, he has to take them off and wear normal shoes. It's a zilzal to tefillah, just like we saw to wear dirty clothing, it's a zilzal to tefillah to wear muddy boots. 
So if he'd walk the shawl and it would be muddy on the way, so he, has to, he has to bring other shoes to put on that shawl. Yeah, right. And they used to have in the shoals in Europe, uh, which were also a twice, like a kind of a bar that they used to use to scrape them out of their boots. He talks about it, if he talks about it again in Shabbos, if you can use it on Shabbos. Because, uh, like we said, if, if a person wouldn't present himself uh, in the of company with muddy boots, you can't come into shul like that either. But then it depends, if, uh, of course, what, what would be the, the normal way to dress. And therefore, boots, are, per se, aren't a problem. As if they're clean, and if that would be a normal thing for a person to do, that'd be okay. But boots are only worn for the mud or for the rain, whatever it is. And in in, in a respectable company, a person will take them off and put them on shoes. And a Twitter, where a person has to dress in Twitter the same way, whereas is standing in front of Hashem, as a person would dress in 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 the case where he had to uh, be in front of somebody he had to look after, which are respectful. And like we saw, this uh, this is a it could be we learn from Basel Hakoin, prepare to greet Hashem. And uh, therefore the Ramam Rats is one of the conditions to Davin. One of the conditions to Davin is the fact that a, that the step which a person needs to do in order to be able to Davin is how they dress. In a way which is Mukhabad Twila and therefore also Mukhabad Hashem. But Hashem the importance of Davening them saying in front of Hashem, they address the part as well. Shah Larab says that on Shunaesha the minute was for a person to cover their head with the talus. This is the derech of the Chachamim. That they used to drag the talus over their head. The real, the real reason for that is that a person shouldn't get distracted because where he's looking around because now he has a talus over his eyes. And the rest of the avening? And that's talking about the And to put the talus on one's head is a different issue. But now we're talking about putting it forward that it really covers the person's eyes as well. There was such a, that he talks about um, during Shunaesha. That isn't so much the minag anymore. And also, what about people who don't wear a talus for bachrim, whatever it is? So they don't cover their eyes during Shemini right? But it's still, still brought down that a person shouldn't you know, look around during Shemini So if he's not going to cover his eyes, he should keep his eyes closed or focus on the city, then he doesn't get distracted. It's like a patch, though. 